Welcome to episode 47 of the Puck and Punks podcast. Sketchy Ghoulie, Rookie Rochelle. What up, dog? Not too much. Uh, hanging in there. Uh, baseball is officially in a lockout. Yeah. So it is 100% hockey all the time. Uh, and there's been a lot of hockey lately. Um, I don't know if you noticed uh, the games last night, but pretty much all of them aside from like one or two went to overtime. Yeah. I, I watched the, um, well, yeah, the, it was Vegas, Arizona. Was that last night or the night before? I think before. that was the night before. Yeah. Night before, you know, you know what? I had, a, I had a game last night, so I didn't watch much of last night's games, but the one before on Saturday night, I was watching or Friday night. I was what was like, your, what was uh, your stat? What was your stat line last night in your game? Oh my God. It was terrible. We, so we were seven, one and one going into the game and we already clinched first place. So half of our team was at the Ranger game and drinking and didn't care to show up. Uh, We lost eight to one. I was probably like a minus four, minus five, but I had one assist on the one. (laughs) So I had my guy. Uh, It doesn't sound like you did. And I I think I went (laughs) something like 12 for 15 on face offs or something like that. So I, I felt out. The Rangers should give you a contract. Let's go one year, seven fifty. They are atrocious on the draws, and it drives me crazy because that was one of my favorite things to do. I, I was actually pretty decent at them, and it just sucks having to chase the puck the entire game. Yep. And uh, as I've been saying <laughs> throughout the entire season and every week, uh, they are still playing like shit but they keep winning and it's a hard thing for me to reckon with yeah, um, 10 and one in the last 11. So yeah. I mean, mad about it. At the end of the day. Fourth in the league. Yeah. They're tied for fourth in the and league with third, Calgary and, and Minnesota third in the league in winning percentage. Yep. And they've got a couple of games in hand on um, Washington and, yeah, it's been a fucking really weird team to watch, but I will take the points as they come. Yeah, and the, the this next week is going to be important because the Rangers are playing without their most important player. Um, Igor Shesterkin got injured in the game the other night and uh, against the Sharks, where he had a shutout. Uh, luckily, Georgiev but, completed the shutout for him. Technically, he so I have him in fantasy, and I don't get the shutout for it. No, you do not. Gear, yep. I think Georgiev technically gets the shutout for any Correct. Of the game. Yep. Um, but man, uh, you know, Shesterkin's been their best player. Now it's going to be at least a week without him. It could have been much worse. It looked pretty bad in the moment. Uh, I thought there was the the season. Yeah, you know, finally falling away from us in <laughs> those uh, <laughs> couple of seconds where they're helping him off the ice. Hey, man, Adam Huska's coming to save the day. Yeah, I wonder if Huska's going to get a game or if they'll send him back down and when it's time for a game, it'll be Kincaid. But, I, think uh, that, I, think, I think they called up Kincaid this morning. Okay, so that answers that question. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Georgiev looked good last night. Uh, gave up two goals that he really couldn't have done anything about and uh, both had to be looked at or challenged. Um, so hopefully Georgiev gets back to how he had been playing 
um, in years prior as a backup because his first couple games this year have not been pretty. No, I think him having, even if it's just for the week, the confidence of just knowing that he has to be the guy for the week, I hope that that helps. Yeah, I I hope so too. So uh, it was a little scary. Uh, Shesterkin is the guy that, you know, if you lose him for a prolonged period of time, could change the whole season. Is, uh, are are we ready to call Shesterkin injury prone yet? Because I feel like, we keep seeing this moment where he goes down and like semi pulls or hurts his groin or whatever. And then he ends up fighting it out and sticking through the game. But I feel like it's getting a little bit part of his routine that we're going to keep having these scary moments with him. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't consider it. Uh, this one looked a little fluky. Um, some of the other ones were, were fairly serious. And I mean, the, the first injury was he was in a car accident right with Pooch, with yeah. with Puchinavich. so um yeah i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't say that yet and also uh he's kind of like a workhorse i mean i thought that you know prior to this injury they were going to try to play him like 60 games this year yeah i i think that um, was around the number that they were looking at 60 to 62 I'm like, goalies just don't do that anymore. Nope. Um, so really interesting. He played 35 last year. He's going to, you know, topple that. Um, but yeah, man, he is so good. Yeah. <laughs> he is worth every cent that we are paying him. He is tied if for first and wins right now. I think he's top five in goals against, top five in like uh, goals saved against, for whatever the fuck. It's like a weird you know yeah deep stat he's like top he right now he, he is the leader in the, in the vesna conversation as far as i'm concerned yeah i don't know uh, campbell and talbot are tied with him for wins but the other stats the fancy stats are all on team shesterkin right now i'm going uh with two others i want to throw out there um one was my pick uh to be the the vesna and that was frederick anderson also having a great year. Uh, he is looking amazing. Um, also didn't realize he was born five days before me. Uh, but look at us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 16 games played, 11 wins, uh, a 205 goals against, 928 save percentage. Not bad at all. And then the other guy is Jacob Jakob. Markstrom. Yeah, leading the league in shutouts right now. That Calgary team is playing some fucking stingy defense under Sutter. I mean, what, we have four losses in regulation this year and two came against Calgary? Yeah. And they just completely crushed us. Yeah, embarrassed us twice. Combined 9-1 or something? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he's 10-4, and um, but has those... uh, has five shutouts already. Yeah. And then Calgary overall has seven or eight. Yep. Already. Yeah. So goaltenders, I mean, hopefully Shesterkin gets back soon and uh, continues to build up those stats and can get, uh, you know, more solidified in that uh, Vezina conversation. Yep. But yeah, some of those guys that we mentioned right now are just on absolute tears. Um, but talking about goalies, we had a goalie get traded 
uh, this week. Yep. Malcolm Subban. He's 27 years old. This is now his fourth team. Fourth team. He's uh, drafted by the Bruins, went to the Golden Knights, uh, had been with Chicago, and now is a Buffalo Sabre. Yeah, his best but, year was that year with Vegas where he went like, what, 13, 8, and 4 or something? 13, like 4, and 2. That's the one. Ah, yeah. you, see, you see what I did there? I just doubled. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my head was in the right place. Yeah. That was the that first Vegas year where they couldn't have a goaltender stay healthy for more than a week at a time. Yep. Um, but yeah, he gets traded to the Buffalo Sabres and um, man, uh, good luck. Um, what did he give up? Future considerations. Six, <laughs> six, no, but he gave up six goals in his first game. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, uh, Chicago's defense, uh, while maybe not the best, much better than Buffalo's. And yep. he's going to find that out the hard way. Uh, he hadn't played uh, a game for Chicago this year. He was their third goaltender behind Flower and Lankinen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it really wasn't a, a loss for Chicago, but Buffalo needed someone. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm always interested. I want to go back and do a case study on all the guys who have been traded for future considerations and then to find out whether or not that trade was ever technically completed. Cause I feel okay. like it's one of it always happens like, Oh yeah, we'll figure it out later. And it's been like, dude, it's been eight years. Like, are you throwing me a seventh? What, what are we doing here? Like it's, it's always yeah. ends up being just for nothing. So well, I, I always wonder if the league, technically like has it as like a pending transaction no i mean it's like i considered sending you something and then i didn't (laughs) i considered it yeah that that's a consideration yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know because you can't trade guys for money anymore like i don't know i'll give you like a a grand i'll I'll pay his bus his uh airfare to get over here (laughs) and we're good uh but Speaking about guys who have not played a lot, one of them just got a lot of money, and that's Jack Hughes. Yeah. Um, he got off to a good start to start the season. He played three games and had three points uh, and then was injured. Uh, the day that he came back from his injury, they announced that he signed a contract extension yep. eight times eight. Uh, this is a guy who has played now 122 games in the league and only has 56 points, eight years, 8 million per break it down for me. Um, I was reading that some agents and teams are not happy about it. Not happy at all. Because imagine being now, no, not to bring it back to Rangers, but uh, you're, you're Capo Caco's agent. And Caco <laughs> has not been hurt really that much, if at all, throughout his career. Uh, yeah, Capo, he's not going to, he's not sniffing anywhere near an eight times eight deal in this upcoming uh, offseason. Definitely not on the Rangers. No. Um, um, unless, you so- know. Hey, if someone wants to offer sheet him that and you want to give us some picks, I'll, you know, we'll, we can talk about that. But, but I don't know, also, eight times eight for a guy. And I get that Fitzgerald 
is trying to lock down his core. And they did a similar thing with Nico Heischer, gave him a similar kind of, what do you get, like 8, 7.5 or something like that? Like eight yeah, times seven point. He sure had played a little bit more. Also, yeah. uh, just going back to Kako, Kako doesn't have that many more games. Kako's at 133. Uh, so 11 more games than Hughes. Again, Hughes has 56 points and Kako has 48 points. All right. So eight times four. Let's go. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, a lot of, you know, I, I understand that you want to try to lock guys up when you think that have the potential. Uh, fucking good for Jack Hughes to get that kind of money right off the bat. But I don't know. I, I think, you know, we just saw it in baseball. A ton of money was thrown around. And then now there's a lockout because of the money they just threw around a week ago. But whatever. Uh, that's that's not why the lockout is. No, it's, but it's, the whole thing with baseball is, uh, you know, if you if you're really good, you get a lot of money. If you're, um, you know, uh, in the middle or average, you get nothing. Yeah. And also the amount of time, you know, you play your entire prime for under team control and stuff under team control making no money and by the time you're a free agent it's too late you know it's for some players it's too late uh but that's only part of the issue but yeah yeah, a lot of money i think that you know the devils they struggle to get players yeah um and i think keeping hughes around the dougie hamilton contract the nico he share contract you know they're they're trying to build something they got the they just drafted uh whatever other hughes brother oh yeah luke yep um in michigan yep so you know they're trying to they have the money yeah i I think Uh, it's, it's a marketing thing too like a guy like hughes you know, it's he's gonna put butts in the seats, and it's gonna help you sell your season tickets, and all, and, and it's the, he, all part of the whole. But he's not gonna help sell those third jerseys. Oh, woof! God. I want a hat, hat. <laughs> I'm gonna get one. But no, oh, I mean, puck. like, I, oh, I hope, puck, puck. <laughs> I hope for Hughes' sake that he lives up to it, because when he's on, he's an exciting player to watch, and I think as he puts on a couple more pounds, and as he continues to like grow into being like a man um, that he's going to be a sick player to watch, but eight times eight, you haven't done anything to show me that you deserve eight times eight. And, but I also understand the devil's not wanting to go the bridge deal route because it might cost them a lot more later, sure. but I think this is a, it's a big like, risk. You don't know. Like what if, what if Jack Hughes is just like a perennial 50 point guy? He's like, yeah, he's really skilled, but like, he doesn't show up in the playoffs or he doesn't can't find that consistency or he stays small and just gets beat up. And he's not going to be like a Zuccarello or a DeBrinket who's fucking five, six, one sixty five, and putting up 40 goal years. What if he just kind of middles out? That's a lot of money for a guy that you still don't know what you have yet. Yeah. um, You know, he could, this contract could look amazing in two years or in three years, look terrible. <laughs> That's a, the, the way it's going to go. Yeah. Like he's either going to live up to it or he's going to be nowhere near it. But this devil seems building really well. You know, Nico Heischer, 22. Jesper Bratt, 23. Pavel Zaka, 
24. Igor Sharangovich, 23. Yanni Kokinen, 23. Michael McLeod, 23. Jesper Boquist, 23. Jack Hughes, Dawson Mercer, both 20. Nathan what, Bastion, 23. What's Ty, what's Ty Smith? Ty Smith is only 21. Yeah. You know, that's a great young core. Hopefully they, you know, hold they can, on to... They can keep everybody in... Yeah, well, they have some control over those guys. Um, Brat and Zaka are going to be RFA and Boquist are going to be RFAs at the end of the year, along with Miles Wood, who's 26, plays a big role. Um, And then coming up, I mean, they have Alexander Holtz is eventually going to come up. Chase Stillman, Nolan Clark, uh, Nolan Foote, Graham Clark. Um, Uh. What's the other guy's name? Uh, the defenseman. They just signed him to his ELC. Uh, long last name, Shakir Muka Madulin, uh, who was like their first round pick. Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, he's 19. They got Kevin Ball in the in, uh, uh, Taylor Hall trade. Yeah. Who's he's like a six foot eight monster. And he's only 21. I think Hultz um, is going to be the the gem of that yeah. class. And then you also have to figure, I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood is 24 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, they, they is... are prime for the next. They've opened themselves up for a nice little five to seven year window of being competitive. If you can find a way to keep under everyone under a reasonable enough contract. You know, now you have the heat shirt contract on the books. You're going to have the Hughes contract on the books, the Ducky Hamilton contract on the books. So now you guys start getting a little bit more creative with who you're going to pay and how much you're going to pay them. Um, well, I wouldn't be surprised. Gain, they're going to gain uh, 9 million when they get rid of Subban. PK Subban. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see miles would go the kind of Blake Coleman, Barkley Goudreau route of the last couple of years. Yep. I think a lot of the other guys are, are going to stick around. I think for Miles Wood, you are paying Four top, plus. top dollar. I mean, in terms of first, in terms of a trade, you yeah. are, it's, it's first and a top prospect, yeah. maybe even more. That's how good this guy is. Um, and then, you know, he's RFA. You, you might be able to bridge him around four and a half uh but man this guy he's so good yeah he He does everything just i mean if you're not familiar with miles wood you know think tom wilson but less hated yep he could he could skate he could play with your best players he is tough uh he he does it all um actually as much as i hate the devils uh one of my favorite players in the league. Um, and now looking at, you know, and I just listed off that that group of, you know, 24 and unders for this Devils team. Man, they're going to be good. And it, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts because, man, like this Metropolitan Division, I mean, the somehow the Capitals are still amazing and, you know, can never count them out i guess pittsburgh's still good i mean they're doing all this without malkin still 
they're going to free up some money with you know Malkin and Latang's contracts coming off. They're not going to get the same amount if they're even retained. I so, think one of them's going to. I think they're going to pick one. So Pittsburgh's going to have some money to play with. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. They're going to be good for a very long time. Uh, Columbus. They, they have been putting some pieces together. Yeah. I think it's really funny. Everyone's like, oh, look, Columbus is doing much better because uh, Tortorella isn't there. They, they're playing the same exact system that Tortorella put into place. So, uh, you know, ease up on, on Tortsy there. Uh, the Devils, are, they're going to be good. Philadelphia should be good. Like, I, I, I don't understand on, how on how paper, I thought that they really fucking, especially that defense bringing yep. in Risto Linen and Ekholm and Yandel no, Ellis. That's what I meant. Ellis. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. But yeah, I thought they were going to be a much better team than they have been so far. And they have been a whole lot of poo poo. Yeah. And then not even to mention the Islanders. I mean, everyone was picking like the Islanders as their Stanley cup pick. I mean, they have 14 points right now. They, they have five regulation or just yeah five regulation wins. Yeah. So that, so that brings a little stat that I took a little note of. So the Islanders right now are currently on a 10 game losing streak. The, the worst in the league by, by far. On the opposite side, we've got Rangers, Wild and Stars that are in six game winning streaks. And it's just like the Islanders are just, trending the wrong way and it doesn't seem like they can get out of this funk i I know as much as you want to complain that like well they had the arena issues and then now covid like i understand all that but like you know and you know even ryan whitney said it he's like you the league knew the islanders knew that they were going to start the first 13 games on the road so at some point you're you're going to make that up later by having a nice little homestand i would hope um but but it doesn't me, matter. That means nothing. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be a good team in this league, hate to break it to you. you got to win on the road. You got to win some road games. You got to win some home games. That's you, you can't do one or the other. So yeah. by complaining about this new arena thing, eh, shut up. Um, also, like they even though they didn't play home games, they had a couple times in their schedule where they were able to come home you know, stay, uh, sleep in their own beds and stuff yeah. before, you know, going to, you know, playing the Rangers. Or, right. you know, they they haven't the, been on a two month long road trip where they haven't been, you know, just in right. hotel to the, hotel to hotel. They were able to go home and, and do some stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to say like, what's, what's really going, going on with this Islanders team. It's, they're supposed to be this like amazingly good shutdown team, but they they just keep giving up goals, um, and they don't have anyone who could score. I mean, their leading scorer is Brock Nelson. I think he has like eleven points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kaprizov has that in his last four games. <laughs> yeah, to put it into perspective. But like you know. I thought Palmieri would be better. I thought, you know, uh, he'd score more goals. I thought he'd be that like solid trigger man for, for Barzal. No, he uh, needs the, he needs the beard back. I think his, yeah. his equilibrium's <laughs> all off and his, you know, Anders Lee is a great player. Um, he's uh, a, a Kreider light. Yep. Um, 
but bigger. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, some very similar. Style. Yeah, um, Pajot. I mean, they're paying him five million. Like that's a that's a good deal, but he's not going to be the guy to to fill the net for you. No, um, he's there to be your forty-five to fifty-point guy and just being like a pain in the balls to play against. And also, they just play that fourth line too much. You know, best fourth line in hockey. Yeah, five years ago. What are they doing? What's Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin and Casey Sezikis really really providing for you? Um, Aside from eating up far too much of your cap. Uh, They are, you know... Yeah, I'm going to stop complaining because I'm actually enjoying this. Um, (laughs) But, you know... It's the Islanders. I, I just, I can't believe they are this bad. I, I couldn't have predicted them to, to fall this hard. No. And I am wondering, you know, as I, I wonder with the, you know, the, the Canucks and, and some of these other teams that were predicted to do much better, even the Ottawa Senators, um, when are they going to start shaking things up? Yeah. Something is not working. And that's for, for all three of those teams. Mm-hmm. And looking at like their rosters and their contract situations, there's not a lot of room to really do much of anything. And you are so bad right now. Like, are you willing to give up a first round pick that That's could the- potentially be like, even if it's lottery protected, it's still going to be a really high pick. Yeah. I was, that was going to be my next question. Like, what kind of trade would any of these teams even do right now anyway? Cause you're not like you, I get, you want to shake things up. Like maybe a personality thing where you, I trade you my third line guy for your third line guy, but this guy is more of a better locker room, whatever. But like you're not going to mortgage your future when you're on a fucking 10 game losing streak and you're last in the league right now. So what kind of trade does a team like the Islanders or Ottawa even try to pull off at this point to try to set this, you know, well, you're the boat. I mean, what's you know? What am I trying to say? Yeah, I, I know exactly. Yeah, but you got to be careful. It's like at some point you just got we'll like to like cut. Boats later. Yeah, you have to cut your losses. And all right, maybe you fail because you don't want to be like the Chicago Blackhawks, who are not good this year, and uh, they don't have their first round pick. Columbus does. Yep, and. If it's the third overall pick, Columbus gets it. Yeah, it's it's not lottery protected that Seth Jones it's, trade. It's the top two overall picks um, oh, Chicago right. would keep. But if it's if it's the third overall pick, Columbus is going to get that. I mean, Columbus is probably going to have two p- picks in the top ten. Yeah, maybe even, and then they might have uh, another pick. Is you know the maybe they could get a first for uh you know the goaltender yeah. uh corpus one they just, yeah well it's going to be corpus Allo because they extended the Merzlikens. yeah um you know maybe they, they they don't have you know max domi can can you get something there yeah they haven't um, officially signed line a yet he could yeah. potentially be in the market we'll sure. see his qualifying offer is obviously a lot. It was I think it's like around just under eight million. Yep. So whoever trades for him has to be ready to pay him that. But he's been or good. Wa- or walk away. Yep. Um, 
So, I mean, that's why you got to be careful. Like the Islanders, like if you're the Islanders right now, do you trade for your first round pick? And even if you do for what, what is the piece that you think they're missing? A goal scorer, Phil Kessel. Yeah. 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 But Phil Kessel Phil, in, the, in the Barry Trot system. Have fun with yeah, that one. That's not going to work, but th- they need a guy who could put the puck in the net. There's not going to be that many people available who could do that for you on a regular basis. Yeah. Phil, you know, they call him Phil for a reason. He fills the net. Phil the Thrill Kessel. So we got to give another nickname to Kirill. I feel bad. Yeah. I get these. (laughs) Would you, uh, as the Islanders, trade your first round pick this year? No. Knowing where you are in the standings. And knowing what division you're in, which it's hard enough already to be in that top four. Because the Rangers are two points behind Washington. They're tied with Carolina. Pittsburgh's right there. Um, Columbus is right there. It's a lot of leapfrogging you have to do to get back even into the conversation. They They need 10 points in the standings to tie Columbus at fifth. Yeah. That's not going to do it. And, you know, Columbus has three games at hand, you know, whatever, whatever. But, you know, even if they got those 10 points, you got to figure all the teams ahead of them will continue to collect points too. Yeah. I mean, 14 points. Ottawa has one less. Arizona has two less points. That's it. That is not the conversation you want to be in. You do not want to be in the Arizona conversation. Nope. And the Islanders will play the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. So uh, let's see if this losing streak continues. Yeah. Um, Turn it up to 11. Yeah. But I mean, they have gotten, and you know, they got a bunch of loser points. You know, the, they lost to Detroit in overtime. And they, San Jose they, in overtime. They lost to San Jose in overtime. You know, they got a couple loser points, but... Man, it is bad. But hey, let's uh, talk about some good things for a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, first off, Jack Eichel skating. Yeah, he's weeks ahead of time. And um, this is such a success. Uh, I I still wonder if he's gonna, you know be on team USA in the Olympics. If I think he's they, trying, I think so too. If you know, the Olympics happen for the NHL players, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. Um, however, the best news to come out of this is that this went so well that Tyler Johnson is having the same exact surgery now. Nice. So Tyler Johnson, I, I don't know. He may have even had the surgery. Uh, did he have it this week? Or is he going to have it? But yeah, this has already opened up the idea that this is a true possibility for other players in the league. Yeah, Tyler Johnson undergoes neck surgery. It's the same one that oh, Eichel he, did. He he's, did out for, he's out for three months now. Yeah, Eichel is... I was reading before two to three weeks away from skating with the team. Yeah. But how amazing is that? Sabres are like, no, we won't let you do this. They have to trade him. Teams were still interested in letting him do this. 
He gets to Vegas. They let him do it immediately. He's already on the ice skating and other teams around the league are like, yeah, go do this. Tyler Johnson is benefiting because Jack Eichel stuck to his guns and did what was best for himself. And now it's what's best for, for other players. Yep. That's really cool to me. Yeah. Success story already. And then we don't, we haven't even seen him actually play games or anything yet, but I was reading, there's this um, stat from one well, stat, but like one of the uh, doctors or somebody said that they think he's going to be 30 to 40% stronger now that he has that surgery. And they're like, look out for what Jack Eichel, the next full season of J- Jack Eichel. Like he might be a hundred point player next year. I wouldn't be surprised. Especially, oh, especially if you're throwing him with Pacioretty and Stone for an entire season and if they can all stay healthy. But this might be now, you know, it's also different because, like, Jack Eichel was already about a point-a-game player uh, coming in. But, like, na- prime Jack Eichel is going to be insane to watch these next few years in Vegas. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um I can't wait to see him, you know, get into game action again. Uh, I'm still wondering what, uh, you know, what little moves Vegas is going to have to do. You know, maybe uh, Evgeny Dodonov or uh, Matthias Yanmark trade, maybe even both. Um, if if but... you're Team USA, mm-hmm. you bring Jack Eichel with you, even if he can't maybe play in the first couple of games, knowing that he'll come back. Knowing that he will play at some point in the Olympics, do you bring Jack Eichel? I know that's a take that's that really tough. That's really tough. I might have to see him. It's like a miracle when Rob McClanahan hurts yeah. his leg, but you keep yeah. that spot because you know he'll be ready. Well, it's funny that you bring up the Olympics. I mean, the the question is, uh, hopefully, Team USA put him on the fifty-five man list. Right, the short because the list or whatever. Team Sweden just put in a request to have Lucas Raymond um, to get an exemption to put him on the 55 man Olympic roster because they didn't have him included and he's ripping up the NHL right now. Yeah. Um, So that they put in that petition five or six days ago. I haven't heard anything to see if like, yeah, we will allow this or no, we won't allow this. Um, but I sure do hope so. He's played 25 games. He has 22 points, 10 goals, 12 assists. And that's playing on a not great. Yeah. A, a decent, playoff team though. Yeah. A decent Detroit team. Um, so, uh, you man, know, what? they all talk about how like he's the no, second American... highest, the second, um, highest Swedish, no, second highest Swedish player this year. Only behind uh, Lindholm from uh, Calgary. Yeah. So, you know, they, we always look at American Thanksgiving as a general idea of a team making or not making the playoffs. Hey, you know what? If you're Stevie Y in Detroit and, and I told you that, what's today, December 5th, that right now you're the number one wild card. Granted, there's games in hand and stuff situation, blah, blah, blah. They got to get played out. But until those games are played, they're in the playoffs right now. Yeah, absolutely. I would take that a million times out of a hundred. And um, uh, interesting enough to note that uh, 
their only the only player in the NHL who is not uh, vaccinated. Yep, he's is in- currently out with COVID. Who saw that one coming? Uh, so and he's having a great year. He is. Yeah, and I'm not going to say his name, but uh, he's missing so many games. And actually, Robbie Fabry has played great in his spot on that top line. Yeah. Um, for all the games that he misses, so I kind of hope that he loses that spot, and they keep Fabry, Larkin, and Raymond together. Yeah. And then I like I get... Fabry a lot. I'm, I'm glad to see that since he left St. Louis, that he's been able to kind of start turning into the guy that they thought he was going to be before all the injury issues and everything. Sure. It was, it was a good like for him career wise. I mean, obviously you'd rather be on St. Louis in terms of winning, but, but they never really gave him the, no. the spot and the opportunity and that he really needed. No, but he also had it like, like a one of the training camps and then they bumped him back down to the third line. And yeah. he's 25. Uh, they mentioned this on 31 thoughts. Um, doesn't it feel like he's like 35? Like he's yeah. been around for that long. That's how long we've been talking about Fabry. He, he came in as an 18 or 19 year old. Like even like, yeah. I just realized the other day that Philip Heedle's in his fifth season already. And he's 23. Yep. He was yep. 17 years and however many days old in his debut. I was at that game. Yeah. It was against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, Rick Nash left like mid game because his wife was having a child. Having a kid. Yep. Yep. That was that one. If I, yeah. if I remember being, I remember that happening, whether it's that game or not, I don't remember. Yeah. It was that game. So, yeah. and then, you know, it's going to be interesting. Like Detroit, you know, they're, they're in things right now. They have 11 mil to play with. I would love for them to make a move and get into the playoffs. And also, Get like, me Phil Kessel have, as a Red Wing. They have an extra second round pick. They have two extra fourth round picks. They have, you know, they're going to have to re sign Fabry. He's UFA. Uh, you know, Vlad Nemesnikov, that's a guy like he's a UFA, but you could trade him and get an upgrade. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to trade Sam Gagne, even though. Uh, but, you know, maybe a little bit of help on the back end. Uh, they're going to have to re-sign Nick Letty if, you know, he's UFA. Uh, I wonder if they, you know, they keep Mark Stahl. He's UFA after this year. He scored a big overtime winner the other day. He did. He's only 34. Yeah. I don't know. He's the the reverse Robbie. He's like, yeah, like, I feel like he's in his 40s with how long he's been around. Yeah. And then they'll have to re-sign Thomas Grice who's 35 or you trade Thomas Grice to, to one of these teams and you get a nice little haul for him. Yep. I'm trying to think of who their third goaltender would be, who would potentially step up. Uh, I don't know. Calvin Picard. <laughs> then they, they might have to trade Former for someone. USA junior standout. <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean like Mo Sider is. Yeah. Uh, incredible and then a player that was on the the red wings a couple years ago and they sent him down and the past couple of years he's been the a taro hirose this guy is tearing up the uh the ahl and 
I, it's only a matter of time before he comes back up. And I think he's like 24, 25, but yeah, 19 games, 18 points, four goals, 14 assists this year in the, in the AHL. Yeah. You're going to tell me that this guy can't play on the Red Wings now. Right. Like get him in there. Plus like, you know, he has the experience. He was on the team like three years ago. As like a 22 year old, yeah, or and now they're better and he's better, so yeah. And so, find some find some time for Hiroshi. I have I've always liked him, yeah. so uh, some good news there. One uh, other bit of good news Blake Wheeler is gonna play his 1000th game, yep. Blake Wheeler, uh, the Winnipeg Jets are struggling a little bit here, but uh. They got to get Shifley scoring, but in terms of Blake Wheeler, I mean, he's had a four point night. Shifley, yep, hat trick and assist, but, oh, but, but Blake, yeah, overall, he's been, yeah, yeah. But Blake Wheeler, um, I used to not like him because because of the Arizona to, thing, he didn't want to be a Ranger. There was that too. He, so. he was in that class of like during that era when like. Him and Kyle Turris um, were just like, yeah, we're just not going to play for Arizona. Then Phoenix got yep. sent to Boston, traded to Atlanta the year that Boston won the cup. Was it Rich Peverly? Yep. Peverly. Um, and Bogosian went in that trade too? Nope. No. Who was the other guy? Uh, Boston sent. It was Wheeler and Mark Stewart. Stewart. To yeah. the Thrashers for Peverly and Boris Volabic. Yeah. And then they won the cup that year. That's right. But uh, Blake Wheeler, 999 games, 817 points. I don't think even he thought he was going to be that, that good of a player in this league. And he, and he was a little bit of a late bloomer in terms of like actually like starting to really put up the numbers. Like when he got that big contract a couple of years ago, people were already talking like, oh, I don't know. Do you pay a guy like Blake Wheeler at his age that much for that long? But – it was like it was his fifth season that he really had that breakout. Yeah. It was the first year in Winnipeg when yeah. the Thrashers moved to Winnipeg was when he had his first big season. He had he thirty put, something goals, like thirty-two goals or whatever. No, no, it was only seventeen goals, but he had sixty-four points. Mm. Um, he's never broken thirty goals. Twenty-eight is his highest. Um, but he's was consistently you know for the next three years four years he was you know 60 point guy then he bumped it up to the next two years was a 70 point guy yep. and he had those two years of 91 points and then uh, a little bit of a slowdown ever yep. since but still respectable i mean last year um almost pointed game player in the shortened season this year he still hasn't scored a goal but he has 10 assists in 18 games. So we put Blake Wheeler and Jonathan Taves on the still hasn't scored a goal yet this season. Um, it was sad watching Taves last night uh, when they're like, yeah, because he hasn't played. It's been like 16 months since he scored a goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, that's bad. And then I was that's, like, well, you know, Scott Gomez is worse. Yeah. Scott Gomez <laughs> was actually playing for those 16 months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, 
who would have thought, you know, Blake Wheeler got to get to a thousand, but good for him. Is he a team uh, USA Olympian? No, absolutely not. I actually don't even think uh, Shifley is going to make team Canada now. I think his slow start has uh, cost him his spot. It might've. They don't need see him. if you could pick it up in the next couple weeks, month. Yep. Uh, so, all right. This is an interesting one. Marcus Foligno. Uh, a little scrum starts to happen. He starts to go off for a change. He's like halfway into uh, Minnesota's. Uh, yeah, he's, he's sitting on the wall. And then uh, he pops back onto the ice to have a scrap with Wayne Simmons. Um, so then the question is, is, you know, did he come off the bench to have a fight? Is that a suspension? But the argument is it wasn't a change because no one went on the ice for him. He was still the player on the ice. And also the clock stopped. Yeah. So once the clock stops and technically he's still the guy that's his spot on the ice. I I don't think he should get suspended for that or anything. I like, I, I don't think he should. I think they're going to give him a game. Cause of the, I, the, I, the intent being it's kind of like intent to blow the whistle, but like he, his intent was he went to the bench and the yeah, fact that no one came on for him, you know, it's nothing to do with him. Like that's just cause no one came on. And then he came off the bench. So you think yeah. because of his intent, they, he gets the game? I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just, my, my basis is, uh, this sounds like something that the NHL would do. And they'd use some sort of excuse like that. Especially seeing how this uh, Brandon Lemieux suspension went, where, nom, they, nom, 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 nom. where they only looked at one hand, not both hands in the, suspension video because you couldn't see him biting the other hand despite there being bite marks on both hands so he only got suspended for biting one hand and the other hand was worse one game per finger yeah who said that um I just did. no did someone, someone say it? yeah someone someone had it earlier oh uh, man which had me laughing so sorry <laughs> sorry bud um Hey, why don't you take us for for a little spin? You want to talk about some? Uh, I mean, you already mentioned Kaprizov, and yeah. um, you know, considering we were talking about that uh, Wild Leafs game, why don't you talk about Kaprizov and Matthews real quick? Yeah, there we go. Kaprizov is, you know, unsurprisingly, get, after getting the big payday, having himself a hell of a year. He's got ten points in his last four games, uh, bringing him up to twenty eight points in twenty three games played. He also had a streak earlier in the year where he had 11 points in his last five games. So he is just crushing it right now. He is every bit the thrill to watch. He is a human highlight reel. Um, It's been a lot of fun having him in fantasy this year. He's helping me win games. And then on the other side of that game, we had Austin Matthews, who is on a five-game goal-scoring streak. It's without the mustache. Without the mustache. That's it. It's not weighing him down anymore. He he raised a bunch of money by getting rid of that thing. And now he looks like a child again. 130 grand or something like that for that stash. So now we know what, you know, 
what grow the, grow this, the, this, the new the stash market the agents are going <laughs> wild for the uh, stash market um you know all the I'll islanders sh- players are throwing i'll shave shit. i'll shave mine for that amount <laughs> i'll shave yours for that amount perfect we got a um, deal <laughs> but yeah austin matthews uh, you know in a, uh, a couple games now where marner is out because he bumped into muzzin in practice wasn't thrilled about it but uh, in a wasn't thrilled about wasn't it. thrilled, um, <laughs> <I'm sorry>. but <laughs> okay. but you know in in Austin Mathis's young career he's in what his fourth year in the league he's already had six different five game goal scoring streaks and uh, he it's it's probably between him and Ovechkin who you want to consider the best goal scorer in the league today Leon Dreisaitl Dreisaitl. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of guys, but yeah. But yeah, Kaprizov and good old AM34, Austin Matthews, uh, they're definitely going to be on the on their respective Olympic rosters. Uh, Matthews is going to be the number one center for Team USA. I would think Kaprizov is going to be in that top three. Maybe you throw him on the other side of Ovechkin. In, uh, is what Beijing? The, yeah, in what about the yeah. other side of Panarin? As if Panarin gets chosen yeah it's a little iffy there and if he does get chosen does he go it's i i think it's gonna be a really interesting game of cat and mouse um to see what's up with panarin in terms of the olympics is but you know in any other country with any other passport he is a lock to be your top line left wing on an olympic team but with all the putin shit and everything that happened last year and a lot of the crazy stuff that happens behind the scenes with Russia politically. Uh, I don't know that Panarin would be super stoked to go represent Russia in the Olympics if he is so chosen. But um, yeah, do the Rangers have my, would I be thinking correctly in saying seven Olympians potentially? So you got Shesterkin. So we'll go Panarin. Panarin. Zabanajad. Yep. Heedle? Yep. Kako? Yep. Fox? Yep. Shesterkin? Yep. All right, that's six. six. Where, where, I mean, Kreider is... an outside chance now. He's not the, making with that. With the year that nope. he's had. Nope, not happening. Uh, yeah, I don't know, about, maybe, Libor, um, maybe Libor Hayek. For Slovakia. Um, I mean, the... Uh, Back end's kind of tough uh, for Sweden for Lundqvist to make it. Uh, where's Georgiev from again? Well, I think he's Bulgarian, Bulgarian technically, but he yeah. has a Russian passport. Yeah, but he's not going to get the. No, he's not going to play no, for Russia. Is going to have Shosturkin, Vasilevsky, <laughs> and then. I mean, fuck. If you have Vasilevsky and Shesterkin as two of your goalies, who cares? I mean, then you have they have Sorokin or uh, you can always bring Varlamov if you want to have an older guy. Samsonov. Yeah, they got they got guys. They got guys. So I mean, that that's that's a lot of potential Olympians right there. Yeah, and then uh, we were talking about Ovechkin, and uh, he just hit goal number seven fifty, the second fastest guy in history to do it. Behind, obviously, Mr. Great ninety nine. Yeah, there's not many people who have done it. So <laughs> there's only f- there's four guys. Yeah, he's got. So he's the second fastest of four. 
a four to get it total. He's 16 away from catching Yager. Um, he's already got his 20th goal of the season. He, you figure he's gonna he's definitely gonna catch Yager, barring any injuries this year. But I want to give a little list to you. So since 0506, obviously he has the most goals since he's been in the league. Um, a couple interesting guys on that list. Number two, Sidney Crosby. I think of him more as an assist guy than a goal guy, but you know, longevity. And he also missed a bunch of games. He missed basically yep. three years of his prime with all the concussion sure. stuff. Number three, Steven Stamkos. Yep. Number four was a surprise for me. Eric Stahl. The longevity. Yeah. And also the, the career renaissance in Minnesota had a couple 40 goal years there or the 140 mm-hmm. and 30 something. Yep. Yeah. And then number five of Genny Malkin, who, you know, similar to Crosby has lost a bunch of games played. He would normally yeah, be higher on that lights, list. He lights it up when Crosby's not there. Yeah. So. But the other interesting part, um, and I forgot to screenshot the chart and I couldn't find it again. Um, so basically they took the top five goal scorers and they also took the number of hits that each of them has in that time period. Okay. Um, Ovechkin was at like 3,800. And then the next guy was at like 850 in terms of, so like Ovechkin's a guy who is doing it all on the ice. He is a horse. He is terrifying when he's coming down on you, whether you have the puck or whether he has the puck. Ovechkin is going to go down as, as a one of a kind player in the history of this league. Yeah, there, there's no one like him. Uh, I guess if you wanted a comparison, you'd probably have to like go back to like the original six era to find a guy who, you know, was as tough and could score like him. Gordy Howe on super steroids. Like, yeah, you know, probably some, some guy named like Squiggy or something <laughs> from like the 1920s. Smalls uh, Malone. Yeah. Uh, and you have to figure out, is he, do they call him Smalls because he was small? Do they call him Smalls because he was tall. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's no one like Ovechkin and, uh, I just want to see him keep going. I, I, you know, I want, I want him to to play into his fifties. Yeah. It's crazy too, that if not for COVID, he would be at eight something by now. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Uh, you had something on Holtby. I did. Did no, you see, first? Did you see that like series of saves he made the other night? Oh, it was ridiculous. Where he had like it was like score. three or four, and then it came and, back out, he, and then yeah, and he like it was like a different type of save each one, including a scorpion. Yeah, man, the guy could still play. Yeah, so uh, you know, and another... Dallas is on a tear right now. As I said they're on a, they're on a six game win streak. They're tied with the Rangers and Minnesota for the hottest teams in the league. It's lately. it's kind of impressive but i I always worry about dallas Uh, they get hot then they get real fucking cold real quick so uh but yeah tell me about holtby so uh yeah so Braden holtby just passed jacques plant for the most wins in his first 500 games played as a goaltender bringing him to 293 137 and 50 as his overall record now granted some of that's going to be a little bit skewed um, when you take ties out of account for it. Sure. But still, this is an accomplishment. 
Um, you know, a great accomplishment for a guy like Braden Holpe. He, he's won a cup with the Capitals, obviously, and has then moved on. And, you know, he's made a bunch of money in his career. But uh, so my question to you, Braden Holpe, Hall of Famer? No. I knew it's <laughs> Uh, yeah, nope. Uh, I am looking at a, a picture hanging on my wall of uh, Jock Plot right now, actually. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I once know. had a plant that I named Jock Plot, <laughs> it was a little, um, like succubus cactus kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the thing about Holtby is sure, this is it, it's an amazing stat, but. When you start to like break it down, there are just so many other goaltenders from this era that are just considered better and had better or are still having better careers. Now he's only 32. He goes on to win another cup, you know, win. I mean, he's just shy of 300 wins. Does he have a Vesna? I know he's been a finalist. Did he? I don't think he's won one. When... He did. Yeah, he 15 16. Okay. Um, he also has a Jennings. Yep. Uh, a couple of President's trophies on his belt, too. Yeah. So I don't know. If he, I, he has to win like another 100 something games. Yeah. He's 32. He could do, do it. it. But that's, that's three I mean, or four like, seasons worth of 30. 30 win seasons or, you know, roughly around 30. Yeah. Which is what you want your starter to get anyway. But like, where does he like rank on like your list of like Lundquist, Luongo, Flower. um, Pecorine. Exactly. um, You know, it's, you know. If you go back in a little bit, Mika Kippersoff from when I think they probably shared the league at some point. There's a lot of guys. We've had a lot of really good goalies over the years. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's always hard when you're on such a stacked team. It's, it's always that conversation of, oh, was he really good? Or did Ovechkin and Backstrom just score fucking a shit ton of points and then he just accumulated wins? And then Mike Green was out there scoring 30 goals a year for a while. like. But he wasn't on the, the cup team. Mike Green was not on the cup team. No. no. He no. was out of They should airport. have brought him back. They, they talked about it and they didn't. Yep. But uh, Yeah, it's, it's always hard. It's like, same thing like you know like, like you look at grant fear and maybe he doesn't have the numbers per se but he also won a bunch of cups and he was he made the save at the right time and it's really he hard be being good. a good goalie on a really really good team because i feel like you don't get the credit that you deserve sometimes grant fear should be in and i've still been meaning to i, st- I haven't uh haven't uh had the time to watch it or i keep forgetting i want to watch the documentary about oh, it yeah they call me coco i think it's called something like that so but yeah uh i gotta watch that but yeah uh fear should definitely be in i don't know i don't i don't have hope being now but oh win another cup and a, a hundred some odd more games you're only 32 you could do it yep uh all right uh Trying to figure out best ways of talking about Evander Kane. Uh, so he passes through waivers. Yep. He gets sent down to the Barracuda, 
but he won't actually be joining the team for another week because they're on a road trip and he's not going to join them on the road trip. He'll meet up with them when they're home again. Uh, what's going to happen with Evander Kane? Is he going to tear up the AHL? The Sharks will eat 50%, get another team to eat more, and then a team gets a really good player who's just a pain in the ass? Or does he just spend the year in the AHL and the Sharks buy him out at the end of the year and then it's the, the Tony D'Angelo special in the offseason. Who's gonna take a who's gonna take a chance on a guy who's a proven 30 goal scorer? And uh, you know, but pay, you know, bottom dollar to get him. I, I think the buyout situation's really hard. Like, you know, we've spent a lot of the offseason and the season so far talking about San Jose's cap situation as it is. I don't know that they could afford buying him out and having that contract be on the books for that long with the little money they already have to begin with. So they have a little over three million, three and a half million in cap space right now. Um, You know, they have to try to re-sign Tomas Hurdle. Mario Ferraro is going to get, he's going to get paid. He's going to get a big deal. He's an RFA. I think he's in it. He's looking at, Four and a half to five million, I think. He's five easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're they're still paying the the Martin Jones buyout for the yep till twenty six twenty seven. That's that's um, it's a lot of money on the books, and how much more dead money can you have when you're already paying Carlson, Burns, Couture, Vlasic? Vlasic. Now you said they're gonna try to find a way to keep Hurdle. You're paying Kevin LeBanc. Like it's you're paying Timo Meyer. These are a lot. There's a lot of guys who are making that four and a half plus on that team. And you know, we saw with you know the Henrik Lundqvist and the Shattenkirk buyouts, you know, recently. Like it's a lot of money. And then now Minnesota's gonna have to deal with it with Caprice and Suter. It's a lot of money in those years, like two and three, that you know that but even like retaining salary. So like if they retain 50%. That's still dead money on there, but on there for half the amount of time of a, what a buyout would be. Right, but so, but see, I mean, either to, way, yeah, I mean, you have to figure out where that money is going to come from, and they're going to have to pay money, um, unless they could terminate his contract and make him a UFA now. But he, there's no incentive for him to no, do that. A guy who definitely needs. That. He definitely needs money. Plus, he's going to make more money playing in the AHL because no escrow. escrow. So, uh, I, I, I think this is going to a buyout. Um, I just don't think, even with the Sharks retaining, uh, another team retaining, and then you have to give up to get. Yeah. And then you still have all that term. You know, it's is that uh, four years left. Five years left. I think it's four years left. This year plus three. Yeah. Um. So, you know, do you want to get stuck with a Vander Kane for three more years, or do you want to wait until the off season? Wait until he gets his buyout, 
and then sign him to a one-year deal for, you know, two mil or something. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting, and I think that either way, the Sharks lose. Yeah, I mean, it's it's lose-lose. Um, Unless you do something dumb, like give a team a first and a second round pick to take the entire salary, but then you lose again. You're an, you're an aging team who right now should be trying to keep those draft picks. So there's really no scenario where the Sharks get out of here without, you know. And they're not going to get anything. No. You know, what What are you going to get in a trade? A fourth? And then the team also has to pay the other team that's going to retain some salary. Yeah. And then that team's going to have to, you know, be on the line for that for the three years after this. Yeah. So I don't know, but I have a feeling he is going to rip up the AHL. He's going to make it look like, you know, that guy who's still playing for the the London Knights when he should be in the NHL, you know, putting up a, a hundred some odd points and just, uh, you know, making everyone else look like a clown. But I don't know. I like the way that he plays. I, yeah, I really do. Yeah, but it's a you, shame because he. Do, do you? Would you bring him? Would you bring him into the Rangers locker room? No. Okay. Especially with Reeves there, just waiting for him. Exactly. That was like you know. I was trying to think like, what if Reeves wasn't there? But like, still no. I don't, I don't think I would. But some teams got to. I mean, hey. What about the Islanders? They need a guy who could score. They need a guy. I don't know. But, but aren't they also cap-strapped? Sure, but you get... Four and a half. So, uh, three and a half million dollars. Yeah, I mean, he's at... What is he? He makes... Uh, at, he was on a seven times seven. So it would be three and a but half. But his, his cap hits only, is, is less than six. No, his cap hits seven. Really? Yeah. Oh, because it's buried right now. That's why. Oh, you see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So seven, like a seven, three and a half, seven fifty of that gets buried, yeah, and yeah. Then the rest stays on so your three and a half. If yeah, uh, the Islanders would have to move a player out. Yeah. I mean, trading Cal Clutterbuck answers that question. Yep. Who do you? Who do you would you rather have, Cal Clutterbuck or Evander Kane on your team? Evander Kane, especially yeah. because you know you could get Cal Clutterbuck back in the offseason as a UFA for, for for yeah, for not three and a half million that he's making now. That's that contract was so dumb. Yeah. So that's the Evander Kane situation. Now, uh, before we move on to the next segment, a couple funny things I saw from. Uh, the, the Seattle Kraken this week. Did you hear uh, Hayden Flurry getting into? Oh uh, yeah, with the ref. And, uh, yeah, and a fuck you match with the the ref. Oh, the ref's face was great. He's like, what? F- fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was funny that he went back at, at him. Uh, what do you make of that? Uh, you know, just telling telling the ref to fuck you and then getting it right back. Uh, I'm sure the coach didn't love it. <laughs> you, you don't want to have that. You don't want the refs on your bad side because every, you know, 
so-so call is going to end up going against you just out of like the bias of a ref not liking you. So, yeah. but uh, it, it was definitely entertaining. Yeah. And what if, did you hear the Brandon Tanev chirps to uh, oh, Jeff yeah. Skinner? Skinner. I was watching that game. I, yeah, th- I thought I heard it. And I was like, what did he just say? <laughs> yeah. And then later on, it started, it started popping up online and he was like, fuck you. How'd you even, you're not even good. How'd you even get that deal? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the Kraken aren't good, but uh, at least they're entertaining. And they look great. <clears throat> Those uniforms Those do look great. And, uh, oh, uh, it hasn't worked out in Seattle for Mason Appleton, but I think a lot of teams are going to be very, very interested in trading for him this year. Yeah, I, I hope that Seattle does what they should have done in the expansion draft and they're going to start moving some guys out to get futures and younger players and well, yeah i think uh Giordano's going to be gone marcus johansson, johansson mason appleton maybe a jordan eberly but he's been yeah, really good for them so i don't I know if, and yeah, he's signed gonna, for a while yeah they're going to keep him but you, you know you're looking at like your riley shahans and your your ryan donatos um maybe even a colin blackwell yeah um just move move some pieces out like those are like a playoff team who needs a little bit of center depth for less than a million dollars a riley shan or ryan donato or Especially even a colin donato. blackwell you can plug you know? donato on your third line and he could you know put some goals in for you all three of them make less than a million dollars yeah. and are uh ufa after this year except for donato's rfa, RFA. yeah um so I mean, you could do a lot worse, but teams are, are cap, you know, right up against that cap. So it's it's hard to make moves. So you're going to have to look at guys like that yep. um, to, to try to bring someone in. Um, the Giordano thing is going to be interesting. They're going to have to eat some. Uh, Callie Yarncroke is another guy who, yeah. yeah. He's a guy I want on the Rangers. Yeah. Makes 2 million UFA at the end of the season plays could could be a centerman yeah could play either wing maybe he could be that that 3c and you move some guys around <laughs> then it gets tricky because it goat's does. been so good goat's been the best one on that line yeah he's um, been creating all the chances that then lafreniere has been i guess uh, the answer would on. be you move hunt back down to the fourth you're moving yeah, Heedle or Laugh up to that top line. And then Goudreau goes down to the fourth. Yeah, well, Goudreau's been on the fourth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cali Arncroke, like, he's constantly been like a 30 point plus player. Yeah. Like, yeah, even very last year, solid guy. Last year, 49 games, 28 points. Yep. But like all the other seasons where he plays between like 68 and 81 games. 30 points consistently and it's split very evenly um between you want a guy that you know you can rely on to be consistent he's gonna give you 15 goals 15 assists yeah he's playing those guys are important not everyone can be a 40 goal guy or just like a fourth line whatever like you need those in between guys that you just know every year like i can plug them on the third line and we start doing your projections of like what numbers should look like 15 and 15 boom i'll take that every year yeah do you remember who he was traded for uh, when he went to Nashville? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't. It, him and Patrick Eves. 
um, and a second round pick. This was a big package. Him, Patrick Eves, and a second to Nashville for, for a former second overall pick in the 1998 huh. entry draft. Um, and he only played 21 games for the Red Wings, had four goals, seven assists. Second was Roman Hammer like the first pick in that draft? I can't uh, remember. I'm totally drunk. That mind. was the no, he was picked second behind Le Cavier. This guy, uh, yep. And that would be of the Plymouth Whalers of the OHL, David Legwand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a big package. He was to get a solid. Legwand. He was a solid predator too for his career over there. Legwand was a, was a big part of that team. Does he have his number retired? Nah, I don't think they he should. Will. Is is Rena going to be the first to have his He's number the first retired? One. I would okay. think that Mike Legwand Fisher should. might get Le- his. I think both of them should. Legwand yeah. and Fisher. Yeah, I mean Legwand the- was there from from the beginning. Yeah, I think you'll see Weber up there one day. Um, no. You'll see Suter nope. up there one day. Mm, nope. But Weber was their captain for like a while, and he was like Doesn't Mr. Matter. Predator. Nope. It's going to be the, the next one after Rene will be Yossi. I don't know. I think Weber gets up. No. Nope. More so than Suter. His Suter <laughs> was also gone for like a while. But yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, interesting. You know, David Legwand. When was the last time you thought of him? Yeah, Jesus. When I was right. reading Sean Avery's book, and he was mentioned. <laughs> uh, he was fast. He had legs. Yeah, he was a good player. He was fun yeah. to watch. Uh, you do any punk shit this week? Uh, yeah. I bought a yeah? couple records. That Ooh, I'm what'd, you, what'd you get? I got Erg's Dork Chord Chord Rock. Record Rock Dork. That Dork one? Rock Cork Cord Rod. Rod. Yeah. Which is a palindrome. It is. Uh, I got that. That's coming in the mail at one of the best point. pop punk albums of all time. Yeah. And then uh, I, I, I went down a little Erg's wormhole. I was just watching um, their full set when they were on Chris Gethard like a while back. Yep. Um, what else did I do? Uh, I've just been watching like a lot of like live shit, like full live sets. Like I watched like a Menzinger's live set because you know when when in Philly you have to listen to the Menzingers. It's the rule. So when I, was sitting, when I was sitting in my hotel, I threw on like one of the random like Menzingers, whatever fucking live set from something. Yeah, I, during the the this whole pandemic, I had been doing a lot of that, watching uh, full like live shows on YouTube. Yeah, I still um, think the best one is that was it, the Bad Religion of the Palladium, that DVD. I've, I haven't seen it. Oh, you should watch that. It's uh, so there's it's funny because like, so they, I was mostly... gonna watch those. I was gonna watch those bad religion like through the years. Oh, videos right. or they whatever. Recently. Yeah, yeah. But you're saying I should watch this other the, thing. The, I think it's live at the Palladium, and in between um, songs, they also have like little like interview parts, and I'll always laugh when it's just like quick ones. So they ask okay. Brian Baker like, "What's the key?" to 
your longevity or whatever in bad religion. He's like, the key is if you ever get into bad religion, don't quit bad religion. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, because he talked about, you know, he got asked to be an REM at one point. He's been asked to be in other things. And like, obviously, he also has his own other shit, like bringing Dag Nasty back and all that. But he's just like, is yeah, he, the key is don't fucking quit bad religion ever. Is he really that good or is it like oh, name recognition? No, he's so, you know what it was? Is he better than Hetson? I think he is. I, I don't, and, and I have the same question about Hetson. Is it name recognition or is it like, because I don't know. I mean, see, they, they both seem like good. They're they both play, really good. They play in good bands. You know, is it a lot of times, you know, the little stick tap to your line mates, make you look, yeah. uh, your line mates make you look better. Same thing. You know, you play in a good band, you, you know. I've yeah, been lucky see, enough to play with good musicians that make me look good. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, <laughs> no, but uh, it's funny because growing up, like Bad Religion's catalog is just like ridiculous. There's just so much to go through. And I didn't realize because I, like, I, even though I really like them, um, they were one of those bands that I didn't do all the homework on behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. I didn't realize that like Brett left the band for like a yeah. decade. Yeah. So a lot of those parts that i really like fell in love with i just assumed were mr brett and then what, later on he, i was like no it's baker who's something i like so then i found out that brian still, baker he was still writing and recording no but he there was an era where he, he wasn't, just wasn't in it like period. he just wasn't on the road yeah i'm know. pretty sure he was still on the on, on the records and writing for but, them but, but i think i the could moment, be mistaken too. i think it depends on the records but like there's an era where he's just like not around period but there was um, the moment for me was um, watching Brian warm up at punk rock bowling before anyone else showed up. And he was literally just like shredding while talking to the sound guy on the microphone without missing a beat. And I was just like, oh, okay. Brian Baker is my favorite guitar player. What do you do to warm up to play guitar? Uh, no, well, he's, they're doing like sound check and shit, but he was oh, just okay. like, like fiddling around. And but he was like straight up like sh- like metal style shred soloing while also having just like a full on conversation with the sound guy and not stop playing. Yeah, like, I mean, I have been playing music for most of my life, and I I feel like I still haven't warmed up. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, maybe I gotta, I gotta yeah. figure out a routine. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, Brian Brian Baker, I forget how we even got in that conversation, but oh yeah, because don't quit bad, bad don't quit bad religion. Brian I won't. Baker awesome awesome guitar player move over jay bentley i'm coming in taking that (laughs) spot (laughs) but uh yeah brian i think brian baker goes down as one of the more underrated guitar players when you think of like the grand scheme of influential guitarists in like the punk world and blah 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 yeah because i just like i don't know i think he's just i think the shadow of hetson and brett but really it's baker who's playing all that stuff yeah, I just think of him as like, yeah, sure. Like, he was in Minor Threat, and you know, he was in all these other bands, and those are all good bands. Like, um, I, I but I, I guess I don't think of him as like his own entity. I think of him as like part of the whole. Yep. If that makes sense. No, I got you. And it's a, it's the same thing with with Hetson, and that's why like I legitimately asked you like as a guitar player like what what you thought about those guys and now i know 
Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing both live, uh, like a bunch over the years. I I don't know. I think, I think I'm skewing Baker now that I'm older and understand more stuff. Yeah, he's no Zach Wild. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, not everyone can have the those guitars with like the the target signs on it. Yeah, tell me when you were whatever age you didn't want that guitar. I totally wanted that guitar. I knew it. So I bad. knew it. <laughs> no, you Zach know Wild the, rules. the the one I wanted. Like I, I brought that up as a joke, but uh, I'm going to oh, go no, on record I and totally say did. say that he rules. Oh, that, uh, that his Black Label Society stuff. Is I've, cool. I've, his I've seen stuff. him. I've seen him with Ozzy. I've seen Black Label Society. Um, I've seen some of the other stuff that he does. Um, he's he's a great guitar player and vocally uh he sounds pretty damn close to ozzy yeah so it's good it's impressive but uh i was gonna say the even worse one than that and i'm really gonna age myself uh is um do you remember that band atreyu i remember the name i couldn't i couldn't tell you a song but yeah they were like whatever they were one of those like the metalcore bands from like 2005 where every band was doing that thing at that time but the dude had a guitar that was a um white gibson explorer that just had like blood splatter paint on it and as a 16 year old i thought that was like the fucking coolest thing and i kept trying to think of ways to come up with like 1200 bucks to buy it but never justify it and now as an adult boy am i happy that i don't have that guitar sitting around in my arsenal (laughs) Yeah, I want what are they? What are they called? Uh, I want one of them clear guitars. Oh, the one that Dave Grohl <laughs> uses in the All My Life video. Well, let's not reference Dave Grohl because I don't know shit about him. I don't really give a fuck about him either. But uh, yeah, if it's clear, the, the see-through ones. Yeah. Yeah. With like, what are they called? It's like, like, it's like it's like plexiglass. I think is what lucite they... or something. Is that what they? <sighs> Some I forget sort of, who makes it. Oh, in. I've never seen a bass like that, so maybe I gotta get a make a get a see through bass. And then through Dave Grohl. And then not wear pants while playing. That's the move. Oh, yes, it's a lucite. It's a <laughs> Dan Armstrong right Ampeg clear plexiglass guitar. Okay. Yeah. That's Those the are one. Cool. I imagine those being real heavy probably it's made out of plexiglass <laughs> and then we could play hockey and just get a bunch of instead of making boards just get a bunch of these guitars <laughs> and circle a, a rink with it and they can really uh-huh. do the fucking punks podcast i'll put you through the guitars there you go uh anything else you see dork rock cork rod dork you're rock, watching rock, some, just a bunch some of live shows stuff. and I am stoked to go see the Ergs in Brooklyn soon. Nightbirds are playing here soon. Stuff's happening, and I'm going to try to appear. Yeah. Um, So I'm struggling with that. I've been seeing people posting like, oh, uh, we have to cancel our tour because of lockdowns or someone got sick. And then like they're putting up like, you know, help help us make our money back. Right. You know, it's like 
who told you to go tour during a pandemic in the first place? Like, I, I get it. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm struggling with that, like, idea. You know what I mean? No, I, I it's totally understandable with everything going on and what's continuing to go on. And every other day there's a new strain and I get it. It's like, oh, surprise, surprise. Our tour got canceled. Uh, can, can you donate money because we had to cancel our tour? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I want to support you, but I don't know if this was the best decision in the, in the first place. Um, speaking of which, uh, I'm probably gonna eventually play a show and I'm, I'm quite nervous about it. Um, not about the actual playing. I, I think, uh, I think I could still play bass, but, um, just being out and being around so many people, I, I haven't really done much of that. So I have a lot of anxiety built up around that. And yeah. uh, it's something that I'm going to have to face because I, I thought I was, I was waiting and I was trying to wait this thing out, but that doesn't seem to be working either. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Might just it's, be the new normal for the next uh, there's nothing normal, but uh, I, I just still trying to figure it all out. Real, real anxious about all of it. And uh, I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to get myself to do it. And then after trying it once, I'm going to have to reevaluate to see uh, if I enjoyed doing it yeah. or if I go back into a, uh, a waiting pattern which i could imagine will probably already be the case based upon how uh how much anxiety i'm already feeling yeah but we will get to that uh when that happens and i'll i'll let you know how i how i'm feeling yeah uh this well, morning i'm always here to chat about it if you need thank you very much here <laughs> As long as this you provide morning, the pizza, you can talk to me all you want. You have all perfect. the time from you know. The, the span takes me to eat a pie. That's your window. All right, so I get three minutes of your time. <laughs> great. Um, this isn't the most punk thing, but I watched a great music documentary this morning. Was it the Beatles thing that it was not? Okay, it was the new Brian Wilson documentary called okay. "Long Promised Road." And he's the dude from um. <clears throat> The Beach Boys. Beach Boys. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I thought you were you're playing a joke on me there. Um, but no, my, uh, my dog walked over as I started saying that. The <laughs> uh, Beach Boys, my my second favorite band of all time. Yep. And this is a, a an amazing documentary. I implore everyone to, if, if you're into music documentaries, check this one out. Uh, some really cool things. Just uh, this guy. Uh, takes brian wilson around parts of california like where the where he grew up and where he lived they basically drive around and listen to music and talk about things while also like telling uh, really hard stories to tell uh about his entire life and what, what's it on um, how can i watch it uh is it on one of the streaming services or did you just find it i don't know yeah i found it otherwise gotcha but uh, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was, it was great. And Brian Wilson is an American treasure. 
he is 79 years old. Um, you know, he struggles with uh, various mental illness and, you know, had really tough stretches in his life and he's not going to be around forever. And yeah. um, getting to, to hear him talk about these things and seeing old photos was just, uh, was just great. So I, I can't recommend that enough. And also if you haven't seen uh, the movie they made about his life a couple of years ago, uh, Love and Mercy, mm-hmm where uh, young Brian Wilson is played by Paul Dano, but middle-aged Brian Wilson is played by, um, what's his name? Uh, Cusack. Oh, nice. <laughs> so. Uh, they, should have, they should have had Paul Rudd just be both. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Paul Dano and John Cusack both play Brian Wilson. For, so it, it's really good. I, I recommend that as well. Uh, huge beach boy nerd um and then in terms of punk stuff uh have you heard that band the chisel no they are a uk oi band i guess you would call it oi okay but uh they just put out their new album uh it's called retaliation Uh and it's really good (laughs) um I know that's not like everyone's preferred sound, but this is very well done. I can I can get through one album's worth of it, and then that'll be yeah. uh, I'll be good for the decade again. I have, so, you know, it's been a while since I put the Briggs on, so it's I'm doing. <laughs> this is much better than the Briggs. <laughs> um, but yeah, check out the Chisel Retaliation, or then there's like a, you know some people may have heard of Chubby and the Gang. Mm-hmm another band from that area doing a, a similar thing chisels a little bit more straightforward gotcha. uh, but both bands are really fun i see they're getting a lot of attention both of those bands now so i got the album and uh quite enjoying it nice and then yesterday uh in between during the intermissions of the rangers game i uh just tossed it on mute and was listening to a bunch of street punk <laughs> because that's how I grew up was being in middle school and listening to street punk. Yeah. I uh, went to the punk core records band camp page because punk core records had a great comp. Okay. It had like so many, like so many really good bands on it. Were, so I was were you to, into like, the casualties when you were in high school? Uh, so I used to hang out with the casualties. Okay. And they actually stole a song from me. Oh, good. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I could tell that story another time. But yeah, on that comp was like, The Casualties, uh, A Global Threat, who are still really good. Uh, or I still like those albums. I don't mm-hmm. think they play anymore. Uh, Defiance, The Virus. Oh, Virus. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. I think. Wait, the, did, uh, you, did you like um, The Unseen? Remember them? <laughs> So I loved the unseen and then they started to get too polished for me later on. Oh, you're too cool for that. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I actually, I put on three of their songs in nice. a row. Um, I started with like the old stuff, like the song social security yep. and like, I'm like, ah, oh, this is the, the great unseen. And then uh, what to false hope which is, that's a really good that was, song. That was on one of the Warped Tour comps. And that's how yeah. I got into them. Like, was it like okay. 06 or 05 Warped Tour comp? And that song was on it. 
and then that's how I like then went down that path with them and then i went to like uh the song from the next album scream out scream out it's a cool song but that's like that album got too polished and mm-hmm. that's when i lost interest in in the unseen but uh i don't know i feel like i would still have fun seeing them at a yeah. show yeah uh, i want to i want street punk to make a comeback i'm starting a street punk band let's do it from the streets I don't know how how's your hair gonna look in uh, in Liberty oh, Spikes. I can't do it. I would I would need well, so then long you're, to you're, even grow it. You're out of the band. <laughs> That's my only. Do you have your own equipment and do you have Liberty Spikes <laughs> and a bullet and a bullet belt? Right, 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 right. I have and, the belt. Uh, no, I have like a studded one. It's not like bullets, but no, it's, it has to be bullets. <laughs> Uh, you could put your studded one in the belt loops, but the bullet belt just gets wrapped around. And then I'll, I'll wear a Lars Friedrichsen t-shirt and I'll have the wallet, nah, the chain wallet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you gotta, you gotta step up your street punkness. <laughs> but, Look, I grew up uh, in the suburbs of Long Island. All right. What do you want from me? <laughs> so did I. <laughs> in a beach town. Um, yeah. So that was, that was my, uh, my punk shit but uh this is not uh our three questions but first uh should we buy the rights or which of these should we buy the rights to okay uh the matt murray story the jack eichel story or the evander kane story (laughs) can can we expand our our uh our brand here and make a make a movie maybe write a book but which one are we going to do? Can can I throw you a wild card and we make a movie about the Jack Johnson story? <laughs> and we use Shooter McGavin to play the dad who steals all his money. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, <laughs> he is... Uh, Shooter! But <laughs> he has to actually be Shooter McGavin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's not just like Christopher McDonald as Jack Johnson's dad. He has to actually uh, <laughs> like be that character. <laughs> I imagine it's probably pretty close to the the truth. I mean, based on what we what I've read of everything, I mean, if I had to pick between those three, I think the more entertaining movie might be the Evander Kane. But I think the Matt Murray one would be super interesting. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking about that, but uh, maybe we'll we'll buy some rights. There you go. My right. my high school coach, my co- my college coach, is writing Bobby Ryan's book. Nice. Yeah. So did he retire? I don't know. I haven't. Did seen you him see that anywhere? Did no, but did you? There was a thing this week where like he retired, and or someone reported he retired, and then he was like. What do you mean I retired or something like that? Um, oh, no. I didn't see anything with Bobby Ryan this week. I definitely thought I saw something. Um, give me one second here. No, that's too old. Oh, it was some, some stupid thing on the internet where someone said he retired and maybe he did. i just said that the red wings released him yeah from that was from his pto he didn't yeah all right whatever I'll, I'll have to do my research on that um 
this is also not part of your your three questions, but do you make any progress on uh, getting your Habs tattoo? Oh my god, uh, not yet. But I I I, I was actually randomly thinking about it the other day because I opened up my closet and I saw my Habs jersey there, and I was like, "Fuck, I still have to do that at some point." So I <laughs> I, I have to figure it out, and I gotta talk to Kate. And do you have any other tattoos planned? Um, not right now. I've been spending a ton of money on Christmas shit for people. I can't wait to see what you got me. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little cash broke. I'm not really, but I've just spent a lot, and I will get yelled at by somebody if I was to go out and spend 400 bucks or whatever on a tattoo right now. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I do. There's stuff that I want. It's just that I have to. All right. Well, here begins your three questions. I may have asked this one, but this week you post a picture of yourself in a gym holding a medicine ball. Yes. Uh, did you do anything with that medicine ball after that, that photo? Or was it just... Uh, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what is what is uh, what is the workout routine? I see you're doing some some medicine ball training. What else you got going? Yeah, I so I was doing the medicine ball stuff at the gym at the hotel. Uh, so what do you what do you do with the medicine ball? You swallow I, it and yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I I start with the, with the eight pound one to you know as an appetizer. Okay. And then I go up. No, I do like a lot of, like ab stuff with it. Um, so I do kind of like like a pick like I'll lay down on my back kind of and then i'll do kind of like the side to side like left to right over around you know i'm doing the motion but you can't see it think of it as like i'm turning a big bus wheel i'm doing the side to side shimmy shimmy yeah yeah. yeah. um i do that um i debated doing the thing where you like throw it against the wall i did it like once and i was like "Ah, i'm gonna get yelled at it's five in the morning in a hotel and this wall is not padded and it doesn't give you enough bounce back yeah so I did, but it was mostly, I do mostly ab stuff when it comes to the medicine ball. And then at home, I have the exercise bike. I've got a kettlebell and a nice Viking strength. Um, it's like a little like roller thing with like a chain on it. And I attach the kettlebell to that. And I do like forearm workouts with that. I've got some 20 pound and 25 pound dumbbells. Uh, I haven't been... That was the first time I had stepped foot in a gym in about two years, the one in the hotel. And I've still been paying my Blink Fitness one. So maybe I should go use that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure uh, Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker are stoked to keep yeah. getting your, they're getting, your, they're your getting gym fees. My, my $24.99 a month. I know that's the only reason you signed up for Blink Fitness. It was because of your fandom. Of course. There's so many gyms to choose from. Why would it, but they're all the same. What separates you from the pack? I, I, my, my favorite band isn't Synergy <laughs> or whatever a gym is called. Yeah, they were retro. Yeah. I, don't, I don't listen to New York Sports Club. <laughs> oh, in Philly, there's a Philadelphia Sports Club and yeah. it's the same logo and it threw me off. Yep. Uh, they haven't been Jersey too, or had I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it. I feel like I've been lied to because it's the New York sports club. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you call yourself sports club. 
uh, sports club for men. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's the new guitar doing? Oh, I love it. I just need to actually listen, like play it at your house, like loud. But I've been playing through it through the computer. I have my little like mini orange practice amp and it sounds awesome. And it's stayed in tune, which is nice. Like I haven't mm-hmm. touched it for like, the whole week that I was gone, obviously. And I came back, I picked it up this morning, still perfectly in tune. So I hope that that is a sign of good things to come. And, you know, when we have band practice next, I'll, I'll bring that guy. Okay. I look forward to seeing it and uh, maybe even touching it. Ooh. All right. Last question. Can you imagine if I hated it? If after all I, this I could. I could imagine <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm glad that you don't. Yeah. Very happy for you. Uh, all right. The last question. This goes back to hockey. Okay. Playoffs. Yep. What is your ideal playoff format? If you could change the playoffs, mm-hmm. you could change uh, how many teams get in. You could change who plays who. You could allow teams to pick their opponents. Uh, what changes would you make to the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs? Uh, I want a straight one through 16. So you wouldn't add any teams? No, I would do the one because I think – you're not giving a bye teams. to like the first four teams or whatever. I don't the, the best team in each. You know what? We'll, we'll go to eight. Little, then you have little wild cards. No, I like the seven game series. I like that you have to gruel your way through. And I, I when there's an 82 game series season, and look, the thing I don't like about baseball is that it's 162 games, and then like you could just be out in one game which I feel defeats the whole point of how everything in baseball is like series based. Like you always, well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to expand uh, playoffs that that'll be yeah. part of this lockout. Yeah. Um, but, but I think when it comes to coming back to hockey, like I want the best of the best to win and I don't care for geography. Like, I don't want it to be like, Oh man, like that time when like that era, when like Chicago, and LA would play in the conference final. And everyone knew like, this is the real Stanley Cup final or like Detroit, Colorado. So like, you don't want, Stanley Cup final. you don't care that we're, there's a huge rivalry between Toronto and Boston and they have to play each other in the first round of the playoffs every year. No, I want Toronto Boston final. Cause it's even, cause the stakes are so much higher. Well, Toronto's, really Toronto's will lose to whoever they play in the first round. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's Boston or Dallas. Like, give um, me like Toronto Montreal one day as a final, or like, well, San I mean, you Jose, just had or... you just had Tampa Montreal as a final. <laughs> Is baseball rules? <laughs> but uh, but like, but like, you know, the did that really do anything for you, Tampa Montreal? I mean, I think because that was a weird case because Montreal wasn't actually that great of a team; they just got super hot at the right time. That's what the which could happen, are. which could happen at any time, of course. Yeah. But I, I just think that the real cream will rise if you take away the ge- the the geographical aspect of it, and then just let it be like the two best teams, period, are playing in the final. And I don't care what it means for travel. I also think like how crazy would be, series would be then, like if 
the Rangers have to play fucking Anaheim in round one or Winnipeg in round one and all like the, the, the you know, the flying back and forth that then gets involved with that. And then but the, the annoying thing about that is we only play those teams two times a year. And now we're expected to play potentially a seven game series against them rather than a team we play multiple times and then, you know, you gear up that way. Yeah. But I think that's more, no, I, feel like, I, I, I get the rivalry part, but I well, like, it's not even, it's not even the rivalry. It's just the like familiarity part, the familiarity, because I don't know, first round, like, I don't know. It's, it could be anything. I think like by the time you get to the Stanley cup, the Stanley cup, like the, the final, um, you know, you've seen what they've done to get there. And that's like your research, even though you've only played them twice that year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, like, I wouldn't want to be the Rangers and then have to play Calgary in the first round. Right. <laughs> Look, we have planes now. It's not busing like it used to be forever ago. I don't know. I just think that they need to do something different. And I think the whole geography way of looking at aligning your divisions, I get for the regular season makes sense. The amount of fucking money that's spent on travel and like, you know, the Rangers probably have the best travel schedule, you know, in the league, like at least, you know, the New York Metro teams compared to a Winnipeg that has to fucking, you know, fly or bus for hours just to get to the next closest place or Vancouver for a while was on its own little Island over there. So I understand that it's a pain during the regular season that you don't want these guys doing so much travel. And then you get on a plane then you're on another plane. It's a six hour flight. And then you go back. It's a four hour flight. Then you got to go to Minnesota. Then you got to come back here. I get that. Like the wear and tear over the course of a regular season would be a nightmare, yeah. but for the playoffs, like whatever, if you got to fly back, you've, you're talking about flying back in twice, twice, you're doing two games here. Then you're going there. Then you're going to come back. And then by then the series is probably over. Like, Right. Is it so really going to kill you to do three flights to a city? Like back before forth? we end, let's just look at how fun this would be right now. I'm just going by points. Yep. Round one, Florida versus the avalanche. Yeah. That would be sick. Pittsburgh, Washington. Yep. Toronto, Nashville, San Jose, versus the rangers calgary versus st louis detroit minnesota carolina anaheim and to top it off edmonton tampa there you go there's some good matchups there and we still had like you know the pittsburgh washington one so you know that yeah i think some doesn't it doesn't get rid of that like it still happens I don't know. I think it shows your true metal. Like, so like you said, like the familiarity part, but then the other side, like how prepared are you really? Cause it's one thing to see a team six or seven times during the regular year. Like, all right, no, we got it. It's like, but no, if it's Rangers San Jose, then you have to actually do your homework and actually be prepared and do the video and do the game planning. And now how about this idea? The metropolitan division is so much stronger. We play much better competition than maybe a team in the Pacific or, you know, the central, right. You know, does that skew things? Weighted seatings. (laughs) (laughs) 
we can get we can get really complicated with it. Yeah. Strength so schedule, then then so your division winners are your one through four, and then everything else is uh, strength of schedule based, and then record, <laughs> and then and then it's the um, the average age of your team <laughs> divided by the length of uh, letters in uh, your captain's last name. There you go. Get crazy. <laughs> don't have a you don't have a captain. You're out. What you guys are tied? Guess what? Three way rock paper scissors. We got to come to the NHL store <laughs> in the city. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be a uh, or tele- you can get televised like the draft. Get real crazy with it. Give me fucking your divisional winners or your automatic top four, and mm-hmm. then a draft lottery for the rest of it. For the so spots. Fi- so five gets to pick first on who they'd want to play. Is what you're telling me. No, it would just be like random generator like you get you you get you you get you you get you oh, for the rest of okay. it and then you just get completely oh so you're saying the, the top four are the divisional winners and they get to pick who they want to play oh i guess that part would have to be so you say like washington gets to pick whoever they want because they're the top team in the metropolitan right. and then uh or you know it goes by points whoever and then so far so, Flor- then so florida would have gotten the first pick because they would have won the president's trophy in this scenario yeah and, and then, then you know but then that creates rivalries too where it's like the fact of like say a florida picks like i don't know we're gonna pick detroit because we think that we got them and then detroit wins oh yeah but you know hockey you know they're not gonna be they're too traditional. Even if they get to pick, they're going to pick the team that they should be playing against. Yeah. Because they don't want to pick a team and then lose to them. And then it'd be like a big thing. Hey, yeah. at least we, we lost to that team, but we picked the team that we were supposed to play and we lost. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that's the NHL version of it. It's boring. Yeah. But. I don't know. I think just throwing them all in, in the random number generator and just yeah. who gets who you get. And that's the what point. if it was just the captain got to choose, not even like the coach or the, the GM. That could be fun. And you could do a little like fantasy draft out of it. That, that's another hour of television. ESPN, yeah. TNT, you're welcome. Million dollar idea. We'll host it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we didn't have a guest this week, but we had a lot to talk about. A lot was yeah. going on. Uh, we'll get back to the guests uh, shortly. Yeah, we got a couple, but, couple uh, people in the chamber. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, as I said, you know, it's been a lot of games every night. Uh, seems like most, you know, the Islanders are back and playing. So there's no team that uh, has postponed games right now. Um, hopefully everyone stays healthy. I, you know, still worrisome that, you know, there's only one player in the league unvaccinated, but every day you you know, go online to figure out who's now in COVID protocol. Yeah. Um, still driving me fucking crazy with all that stuff. But uh, the games have been good. A lot of overtime, a lot of extra hockey. And uh, looking forward to, I think, I, I say it every week. I think some teams got to start shaking it up. And, Do you think a team uh, at the top does it or a team towards in trying to get into the mix does it? get into the mix yeah i think they're more likely because like if you're on the if you're up top you're like hey, this is working so far but if you're like two three four points behind but maybe you got a game in hand and you want to win that game 
go out, go out and get Phil Kessel. <laughs> and, yeah, and then trade him again. And then trade him again. Let him be this year's uh, Thomas Vanek. Islanders, Montreal, Minnesota? I right? think so. Was that, yeah. that was fun, though. No. Uh, more player movement. That's why I loved uh, before the baseball lockout that there was like essentially like a free agency deadline and there was so much player movement because there was a, you know, effectively a, a deadline that makes things fun. Yep. Um, but it's a deadline in, in February again this year. Oh, so. I think so. We still got a ways to go, but I don't know. I like the, I like the, the teams when they're being proactive by by the time you're getting to the deadline, it's it's already over. You, you know your your fate is is sealed. It's just a matter of uh, you making a little addition for the playoffs. Right. Make an addition and get your ass in the playoffs. Come on. I want to see want the more, I want to see the first trade there. happen because then I want the the guys who missed out. I'll be like, oh shit, they got who? Maybe, yeah. And then they and then teams start answering. I want more teams to be like in it in that last week fighting for those last well, spots. We need more that. teams to get out of it. To, yeah. To actually do, if too many teams are in the mix, then everyone's, it kind of becomes a bit of a standstill. I want a team to sell. Falling out of it. I want a team to sell at the deadline and get better and <laughs> like, and then go on a, a playoff a run. Yeah. Or like at least be pushing for a spot. I would love to see that. Just, just that would just be fun. Yeah. Um, Side note, I, I did hear a rumor that the Rangers and Ryan Strom were uh, opened up contract negotiations. I don't know where that's going to go. I don't uh, see where the money will be unless he takes the same and or less. Which he won't. But, yeah. So he's going to be a six and a half million dollar player at least. So chances are the Rangers will just let him walk for free. Yeah. And, uh, and then the he'll be overpaid by somebody else. Yep. So I don't know. Can't see that and uh, sucks to lose an asset for nothing, but yeah. We also got him for Ryan Spooner. So, yeah, but you know, we got Ryan Spooner for Rick Nash. Yeah. But we also got Lindgren in Lindgren. that trade. So yep. So and <laughs> and a second. Yep. Who was the second? Was that Will Cooley? No, that was no, the Will Cooley was that the was the Anderson. Li- Leas Anderson. Uh, so who was that second round pick? It wasn't Hayek and Lundqvist. No, that was Hi- the, because um, Hayek was part of the Tampa, the, trade. The Tampa trade. He, he had already, been, already been drafted. Oh, it was. I got it. it uh, second round pick. In that year, it was actually a first, and we traded it to Ottawa. Oh, who was it? We traded it to Ottawa and part of the the Mika right trade. Um, Jacob Bernard Docker, who's going to be part really of the Mika good... trade. You didn't give Ottawa a first. We oh, gave so then, them Broussard in a seventh, and they gave right, us that's right. Uh, uh, Mika so in was, a second. It was the uh, draft pick swap. Sorry, that was when we moved up to get Keandre. Oh, yep. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that that sounds better. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But Jacob Bernard Docker is going to be a great player for the Senators. Yep. But bunch of youth on that team. They just got to start performing. Yeah. I forgot that Bolesky was part of that trade too. It was Bolesky, sure Spooner, Bileski and Lindgren, Bileski and a seventh. Like five games. You know we we got a seventh round pick for in that Rick Nash trade, and his name is Massimo Rizzo. Nice. Are you are you related to him? It's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> from from Burnaby, British Columbia. Um, Pizza capital. We, we world, actually, honestly. yeah, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we traded that Joe draft Sackett. pick. We tra- traded that draft pick to Carolina. Uh, could have gotten Massimo. And we got Riley Hughes. Instead, we got Minimo. <laughs> and we got Riley Hughes in that seventh round instead. I guess it was just like a pick swap again. Yeah. The wrong and, Hughes family. Yeah. He's still playing. He's 21 years he's old. And he's playing at Northeastern. Oh, he's a college kid. Yeah. All right. Well, we figured that out. We Trip solved that mystery. <laughs> yeah. Um, the classic Matt Bolesky trade. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great week. You too. You we'll too. be talking to you. And then uh, I'll thanks see for listening. You tomorrow. I'll shoot you a text. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Remind yep. me. Yep. <laughs> see you, bud. Mate.